Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Camera Football Show, episode 60. Uh, Michael's away today. It's his girlfriend's birthday, so you can't miss that one. Uh, uh, joining me today is Russ Gibbs. Russ, how's it going? And thank you for joining me, as always. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for joining, uh, for having me on today from the bedroom in the house because the kids have uh, commandeered the rest of it watching TV. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to having a chat about MPL. And, let, and you said it there, MPL. Let's get uh, straight into it, shall we? Let's start with our first match of the weekend. West Canberra Wanderers uh, 2-2 with Gungahlin United over at Melrose Synthetic. Bailey with the penalty, Paisler with the goal for the Wanderers and Giampaolo with a brace for Gungahlin United. Gungahlin opened the scoring through Dom Giampaolo, who was able to get on the end of a short clearance, uh, tapped it ahead and uh, beat his marker to reach the ball and sort of slid to shoot it. It was a pretty good goal. Uh, Bertamo Madrid dragged his defenders across goal and laid it off to Giampaolo for his brace and the equaliser. Uh, due to the draw, Gungarland are now three points off Canberra Croatia, who are in first place, and Monaro gained two points on them, but are still ahead by two. But Gungarland are still ahead by two points. Yeah, Angus Bailey stepped up for the spot kick to send Wanderers level as he buried it in the bottom left corner. West Canberra Wanderers went ahead through Jackson Paisler, who finished off some real nice build-up play uh, 15 minutes later, and goalkeeper Jacob Wiseman. Uh, was also sent off at one point for the sin bin for 10 minutes, but they didn't concede, I don't believe, in that period. Feel free to correct me if I'm if I'm wrong there. Uh, despite the point, though, Wanderers still remain the same amount of points away from Belko and Tigers uh, due to that draw, which we'll discuss in a little bit. What were your thoughts on this one, Russ? There are probably some drop points for the Gungahlin. You'll They'll feel it that way, um, especially playing against 10 men for 10 minutes. Shea Thornton winning goal with Jacob Wiseman. Uh, was sent to the Symbian. They didn't really test him too much in that period of time. Luckily, I think he came just prior to halftime and it, it, it kind of went either side of the break for them. Uh, look, I mean, the, the Wanderers, we've said all season, are a decent footballing outfit. It's a difficult place to go um, and get points. So, Gagana might might see it as a point, point one rather than a couple drop. But in their chase for the league title, of course, it's, uh, it's a bit of a setback for them. Um, the Wanderers, though, you know, they've got another point on the board. They're looking harder and harder to beat. But at some stage, they've got to start winning some matches so they can close that gap. And they'll look at it that they were 2-1 up and, and perhaps could have won that game and closed the gap on Belconnen and Tigers above them. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, a, it's a fair result. Both sides played some good football. Um, I didn't watch all of it, to be honest, uh, because I was out elsewhere. I've caught the highlights. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good point for both teams at the end of it. And I would say from what I saw, it was a fair, fair reflection. But um, plenty of work to do for both teams at both ends of the table. And next up, Belconnen United 2-2 with Tigers FC. Sparrow, Sparrow own goal in the 54th minute. Ospina with a goal in the 85th minute. Then for Tigers, Borgner with a goal in the 59th minute. And Wilson with a goal at the death, 93rd minute in stoppage time. Belko opened the scoring um, after a free kick uh, put, put in the box. Uh, came off the head of Daniel Sparrow, of course, for that own goal. Belko's second goal, which put them uh, back in front, came courtesy of Ospina who was uh, freeing the box and performed a very neat diving header. Uh, due to the draw, they are the same as last week. So Belco still one point off Tigers and leading Wanderers by four points. However, uh, they are now just two points behind Olympic, who are in fifth due to their loss. Um, Tigers, of course, fought back, twi- uh, fought back from behind twice in this one. The first came four minutes after conceding when uh, Josh Golevsky put a neat pass to Giuliano Borgno, who was able to very neatly pull back around his defender and bury the goal. The second, which was the equaliser for them, 
courtesy of Alex Wilson, who trekked unmarked through the box and got in the end of a free kick to place a nice header in the corner. Uh, similar, like, like I said, similar to the Belco one, uh, no change on their ends due to the result. Tigers remain one point ahead of Belco in sixth place, five off Wanderers, but they are now only one point off Canberra Olympic in fifth. Uh, for, thoughts on this run with this one, Russ? Uh, when we were keeping up to date on this one, it kept uh, kept changing. Yeah. And we were expecting certain results when we were doing the uh, Travapi Derby. Yeah, heartbreaker for um, Balcony United, isn't it? I mean, they were two one up. They got themselves in front with five minutes to go. Must have thought that they'd won the contest and got those three points to pull them clear of of that battle um, at the bottom. Um, and for the Tigers, what a crucial, crucial intervention from their substitute Alex Wilson. The young defender's now scored two in his last three, uh, coming off the bench to to rescue a point for his team. Uh, and, it, and it's a, it's a vital point for them, to be honest. And they would have been dragged down into that scrap had they had they not got that point, the Tigers. But the good news from them is that they're getting their their frontline players back. Christian Junner played on the weekend. Rocco Stricker got some minutes. Um, Josh Golevsky's back in action now as well. So they're getting back to full strength at the right time. Um, they've got a tough one this weekend against the Panthers. Uh, but they'll feel that they that that point might be critical for them pushing towards that top four because it keeps uh, Wanderers at arm's length at the other end of the table and it keeps them within touching distance of O'Connor Knights at the top. As I said, for the Blue Devils again, and we've been in this situation with them before, um, I think it was with Canberra Olympic a couple of weeks ago, that's that's now four points that have gone begging for them. Um, they've had to settle for draws in games that they were winning right at the death. Must be quite sickening for Michael Zukowski and his team to be conceding late like that because they've done the hard work. Um, as it is, as you mentioned, it's as we were in the bottom um, three because nobody's managed to make any ground on anybody else. Um, so at the end of the day, no harm done, I guess, for either side. But it does hurt them in their quest for the top four. Um, and, and they still can't shake off that lingering doubt that the Wanderers are still there. They're still pushing away, um, a, a, you know, and a win for them at any stage and, and a slip up from those two above. And they're right back in the mix. But 2-2. Uh, um, good point for both teams, but also not a great point for both teams, if that makes sense. Yeah, a bit of a mixture in that uh, regard. There will be plenty more, I'm sure, regarding those two moving forward. Uh, you mentioned one team there, O'Connor Knights. Uh, they hosted the uh, what is now coined the Chavapi Derby, or at least I hadn't heard of this one until the, the weekend. So uh, that's what it is for now. Uh, 4-0, Canberra Croatia won in this one. Uh, Busek with a goal in the 37th minute, Ugrinich with a brace, 49th and 65th minute, and Taneski with a goal in the 72nd minute. Very impressive performance from Canberra Croatia, who had uh, lots of possession in both halves. They didn't, uh, they did, they probably didn't have um, the better of the chances until they opened the scoring, and that was through Mate Busek, who stepped up uh, with and unleashed an absolute screamer into the le- top left corner. Uh, one of the best free kicks uh, you'll see all season, uh, probably goal of the week as well. But like we discussed on commentary, Russ, uh, there's plenty of picks for one of the best free kicks of the season in the NPL. Croatia opened the scoring in the second half. Uh, in the first couple of minutes, uh, courtesy of Jason Ugrinich, who put who got on the end of a bit of a scramble off a long throw for his 96th NPL um, goal. A miscommunication between Miller and Tokic dragged them both out as Tokic was on and Ugrinich was able to get on the end of it and that in the back of the net. Seven minutes later, Croatia made it 4-0 as Daniel Barich was on the counter, put a nice ball over the top to Tineski, who broke the line and put it past Miller. This victory extends their lead over second place Gungarland by three points. 
and still five points ahead of Monaro in third. O'Connor, uh, I'm sure they're expecting to have less of the ball than they usually do, but it's I think it's pretty safe to say that, that they weren't expecting to have um, uh, less of the ball than they did. O'Connor had their chances, though, through Minot Smith. Um, sorry, he sort of cut it across and uh, hit the crossbar, sort of similar to like he did in that first game at Deakin Stadium. Uh, they just weren't able to uh, play the usual game on Saturday, though, and uh, Croatia were just too good, it's safe to say. Um, not all doom and gloom, though, because uh, they do still remain four points and have that cushion over Olympic, who are in fifth. Uh, thoughts on this one, Russ? Well, Knights got their points for the weeks on Monday. Um, yep. They got their 3-1 win over O'Connor Knights, which was important to them to keep them, put them into that top four and keep them there, um, give that, that little bit of a cushion to allow a slip-up or two. And and to be honest, they weren't really at the races on the weekend. Canberra Croatia were very, very impressive indeed. Once they got in front with that wonderful free kick from Marte Busek, O'Connor were chasing the game. And they never really looked like getting back into it, to be honest. I mean, they they puffed and puffed and they they did some good things, but... The way that Canberra Croatia set up and the way that they nullified Pat O'Rourke and Michael Adams didn't give them any time on the ball in the middle of the park. And the new formation with the with the attacking five with um, your front three and Busek and Ugrinic behind really caused issues for um, O'Connor throughout the whole game. And the goals were well-timed, the goals were well-taken, and it was a mightily impressive performance away from home in a derby match for um, Canberra Croatia because there was a couple of hundred people there as well in the stands. Um, and... Quite a few of them were making a bit of noise, and it was it was an atmosphere in which, as an away team, you really want to to silence that crowd. And they did so with some really well taken goals. And good for Jason Grunich to get a couple under his belt. He's had a bit of a lean spell recently. And Nick Tineski's finally got off the mark for the season as well. Bodes really well for Dean Grunich and his side. I mean, they've got so much depth to come back into that squad as well. They were very very good uh, throughout. They marshaled the threat of the counter attack. Their tactics were spot on. And there's a reason why they won 4-0 on the top of the table because they were the best side on the day um, by a stretch. And I think O'Connor would admit that. Um, they looked a bit leggy towards the end of the of the second half. They kept trying. They kept doing what O'Connor Knights do every week, which is play attacking football. Um, but they couldn't get the opportunities. Hadn't Connor Minot Smith's effort in the first half been a little bit lower, then maybe um, maybe they would have pulled themselves into, uh, into contention with the lead. Uh, that might have made it different. But once I said... Once a Croatia went ahead, never looked like losing. Uh, unfortunately for the Knights, they lost Daniel Roberts at the end for a second yellow card as well. Looked a bit harsh from where we were in the commentary box, but he picked up a second yellow and saw missed this week's match as well. So that was a bit of salt into the wound for O'Connor. Um, they weren't as good as they were in the first derby. Um, obviously, the scoreline reflects that, but no doubt they'll come back and, and uh, be up for the fight again this weekend. Because as you said, they're still in the top four. They've got it in their hands at the moment. And um, for them, that would be a, a magnificent uh, end to the season if they could stay there. And next up, Monaro Panthers, Canberra Olympic, 2-1 to the Panthers. Carl Fast and Bailey with the penalty and McCarran scored the goal for Olympic. Monaro opened the score in the 30th minute as Darren Bailey put a great ball to Nikos Kalfas, who struck an absolute bullet above Seb Usai. Uh, uh, Zach McLaren uh, ran deep. Uh, to get on the end of a Calfas through ball uh, and caused uh, N- Nelson Curley to go in with a diving uh, challenge and sort of grab the arm as well, brought him down to the box, causing a penalty. Uh, Darren Bailey stepped up to bury the penalty and, and uh, consequently the three points. Uh, the victory means that they close the gap on Olympic by two points who are in second place, of course. 
And Canberra Olympics goal came via Luca, uh, via Luca Flores, um, who put a great through ball to David McCarran, and David McCarran was the one who scored. And he struck another bullet. So some really good goals in this game from the edge of the box, and he put it past the hotel in the top right corner. Uh, not too happy as well with the penalty. One of the Olympic coaching staff, Alice Castro, got uh, sent off with a red card as well, and he sort of went behind the... Uh, the fence, and that is something that can only really happen at Riverside because nowhere else is the bench that close to the uh, to the fence. Overall, though, I thought from what I saw, I thought Olympic had a good performance uh, in this one, and I arguably made Monaro work a little harder for that victory. And it's not the first time that they've uh, sort of make a uh, sort of made Monaro work for a victory at home uh, that FFA Cup. Semi-final as well comes into tension there. And then after you uh, give me your thoughts, Russ, I just wanted to know your thoughts on Olympics attacking options because they have quite a bit now with uh, Popovich, uh, McCarron, uh, Alan James, Sosa Hege came off the bench in this one. Uh, he usually plays with a front, front three. He has quite a few options now, Robbie Katnak. Yeah, he does. We'll touch on that in a minute, as you said. I mean, look, we were blessed. We've been blessed with some wonderful goals at the Riverside this season. Mine goes back to the Panthers-Gungarland game when we got a cracker from Josh Calabria at that end and then a, a stunner from Nicky Dahl at the other end. And we had two like that on the weekend. The strike from Nikos Kalfas was probably one of the purest hits I've seen of a football in the NPL this year. And Seb Usai did incredibly well to even see it, let alone get a hand on it. And he almost kept it out, but it went in the top corner. Brilliant, brilliant goal. Um, and the response was fantastic. Luca Floyd's pass was superb. Dave McCarron's finish was just as good. Arrowed in and they got themselves back on terms. And look, it was a tight, tight contested game after that. Chances for both sides. Um, I think Panthers probably nicked it on the night because they played a bit more attacking in the second half. They had the opportunities. Although looking back on it, you know, there was a chance for Sosa Ahegi. Um, there were shots raining in everywhere. I mean, myself and Steve Forshaw really enjoyed the game. It was a shoot on site policy from both sides. Um, and, and as you said, unfortunately, Nick Nelson Curley uh, was the unfortunate man to bring down um, Zach McLaren, who was absolutely brilliant on the on the night. He was my man of the match um, for, for his just all round display. His partnership with Nikos Kalfas is burgeoning. It's looking very good. Michael John slotted in very nicely into that outfit as well. But the Panthers on the night just about deserved their win. And it was nice for Darren Bailey to crack that penalty over. Still not sure whether baby Bailey's come yet. Um, but, you know, it's nice for him to get on the score sheet again. He seems to be the go-to man from the spot kits when they need him. Talking about the attacking options that um, that Robbie Katnach does have now. Yeah, you mentioned it. Um, I said, Hege, I was carrying a bit of a knock, but he'll come back into that lineup, no doubt. Nick Popovich played as a more withdrawn number 10 at the top of a midfield tr trio on Saturday. And he's obviously a, an attacking outlet as well. Luca Flores played superbly too. And... Um, they've lost Shields, I think, for the season. I think his Achilles might be done, so that's him done. But they've got options, um, and they were close to getting a result. They're a very good football inside Canberra Olympic. They're a difficult side to play against, a difficult side to beat. Um, you alluded to it about the Cup semi-final. 3-3 was a cracker. Panthers did for them um, O'Connor 4-1. It, it's one of those games, I think, where you look back on it afterwards and you think it's a really good three points for the Panthers in their push for the for the top four and, and possibly the title. They're only five points behind Croatia. And whilst Camberley will be disappointed they haven't got something from the game, they're still well in contention as well. And should they get that balance right in that front three, four, five, however Robbie Kadnats wants to go, and I'm sure he will, they'll certainly be uh, finals contenders.
the round 14 fixtures are O'Connor Knights, Belconnen uh, versus Belconnen United, Saturday, July 23rd, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. Tigers FC versus Monaro Panthers, Saturday, July 23rd, 3pm at Nijong Oval in Cooma. Russ and I will be commentating that one. Canberra Croatia against West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, July 23rd, 5pm at Deakin Stadium. So a night game out at Deakin under the lights. And Sunday's game, Gungali United versus Canberra Olympic, Sunday, July 24th, 3pm at AS Grassfield. Two, Russ will be covering that one with Steve Forshaw, I believe. All right. Next up, we have the MPLW. Great away win from Belcon United, 7-0 over Wagga City Wanderers. Bobbin with a brace, Backhouse with a brace, Burridge with a brace, and Karen Clark with a goal at the death in the 90th minute. Emphatic victory away from home for Belconnen. Kira Bobbin's brace means the forward is now a joint top scorer, if I'm not mistaken, with Britt Palombi and Jenny Bissett. I thought of first, first goal in particular was a good strike just inside the box, a bullet across the ground. Uh, Captain Talia Backhouse's brace uh, puts her two goals behind the top scorers as well. Her second goal was an absolute cracker, wasn't it, from outside the box, over the keeper, into the top right corner. Probably the goal of the match for me as well. Uh, Burridge did well to find herself on the score sheet twice as well. One of them was a bullet also. Karen Clark rounded it off uh, with the goals in stoppage time. Most important part of this result, though, is that they solidified themselves in third place, four points ahead of West Canberra Wanderers. Wasn't Wagga's day today, but they are coming off their first win of the season, of course, last, uh, sorry, a fortnight ago. Uh, they look to try and bounce back against Tuggies next week. And... Tuggies do have the advantage over them, though, uh, getting the last two wins over Wagga City Wanderers. Overall, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's a result we expected, I think, isn't it? I mean, it's a difficult place to go. It's a long trip for anybody to make down to Gissing Oval. Um, I've been there myself this season. It's a fairly hefty drive, but no problems for Balcon and United on the day. They were far, far too good for Wagga City Wanderers. And I think um, Rob Tuxar will, will, will hold his hands up and say that. It's the result that Scott Connor would have expected, perhaps maybe more goals than they they expected to get. Um, you know, the the new killer bees, if you like, um, got the got the six goals between them. Nice to see Tia Burridge get a brace to her name, her first goals at senior level for Balconi United. And um the usual crew did the damage for them, Kira Bobbin on target again for a couple. Um and, and they've got a lot of quality in that team. It's young, it's enthusiastic, and Scott Conlon's a great coach and that they're sat there and cemented their place um, on the ladder, third place. It's looking like it's going to take something difficult to to move them out of that if if West Canberra Wanderers can't rediscover some form. So I think, as I said, the three points they expected, probably the result they expected, maybe a bit few um, few more goals than they expected. But for Wagga City, um, it, it, welcoming the big sides to Gissing gives them a chance to obviously test themselves and see where they're at. Um, they, they won't be too disappointed. I don't think that they've been beaten. They keep going to the end as well. And they've used so many players this season, um, have the the Wanderers. And again, on the weekend, they had to change their lineup a couple of times before kickoff from the 11 that was originally selected. So they, they, they'll keep battling, they'll keep pushing through. But this weekend's a massive, massive um, test for them. And they need some points if they're to get off the bottom. Right, next up, Canberra Croatia, West Canberra Wanderers, 6-1 to the home side. Barrett with the brace, Palombi with the brace, Bernie with the brace. Canberra Croatia were made to work for this victory in the first half. Anyway, they were un- they uncharacteristic- uncharacteristically uh, let a few more chances afloat uh, in their 
own half than pro- than we're probably used to seeing, um, including a penalty as well. Uh, once they got the uh, third, though, they really start in the second half. They really started to click into gear, and then sort of we saw the Canberra Croatia that we're used to seeing this season. Uh, Jenny Bissett, I thought, had some terrific assists and pass. See, some notable taglines from this victory are uh, Brittany Plomby reached her 150th goal milestone and is now joint top scorer with Kira Bobbin, 151, I believe, actually overall. And teammate uh, Jenny Bissett, of course, is the other top scorer with her and Bobbin. Uh, Bella Barrett and Sienna Burney have also now reached 10 goals uh, each, which means that we have four different Canberra Croatia players to have reached double digits this season. And like Russ has mentioned a few times on commentary, 13 different goal scorers overall, which is the most in the competition. West Canberra Wanderers will probably feel a little hard done by in terms of losing by such a scoreline. They took the lead early through Hattie Cram, however, conceded two just before halftime. Before halftime, though, they had some really, really good opportunities. Uh, One was an offside. The other, Ginger Oliver, took uh, probably too, too many touches in the box. And the third was a missed penalty uh, as well, I believe, from Tara Cannon. They also pushed at the start of the second half, had some really good opportunities. uh, But once they conceded the third and the fourth, uh, the floodgate sort of opened and Canberra Croatia took advantage of that. But once again, I think, Russ, you're seeing the improvement, uh, like we mentioned on commentary, the improvement of West Canberra Wanderers against the two big sides. Uh, We saw a more hefty scoreline against Canberra Olympic than the second one was only 3-0. Uh, we saw the exact same scoreline against Canberra Croatia that we saw last time, uh, but it's fair to say it's fair to say that the match wasn't as identical uh, to that one. Yeah, the scoreline didn't reflect the match at all, did it? Um, especially in the first forty-five minutes, when the Wanderers really should have been ahead. Um, had they gone ahead um, for a second time, who knows what might have happened? I, I, Canberra Croatia would probably have won the game. They've got too many good players to worry about going behind, and you could see it when they went behind early. Um, Hattie Cram's goal via a, a deflection off of Rhiannon Fenson. Um, gave them the advantage, and uh, but you could see the Canberra Croatia just calm. They they don't panic about these things. They got themselves level, but it was a a poor first forty five minutes from them from from their high standards. And had Ginger Oliver taken that chance, had Tara Cannon struck the penalty home, which was unlike her uh, missing the target completely, it may have been a different story. It probably wouldn't have been because I think Canberra Croatia, as we mentioned, have got too much quality to to um to be denied for too long. But it, again, it showed the the class of the Wanderers. Uh, and, and what they bring this season. They they fell apart towards the ends. Maybe their depth isn't as strong as Canberra Croatia. And when you're playing against quality players that can pick passes and create opportunities, you're always going to find yourself on the back foot at some stage. But yeah, credit to them for the way they played. I thought they played a big part in the occasion and 6-1 was harsh. Um, Brittany Pulumi, well, what can you say about Brittany Pulumi? Got a 150th goal, as you mentioned, um, and then added another just for good measure because that's what she does. Um, and uh, it was great for her to to do that, to break that milestone. It's, a, it's an incredible milestone. She's now about 20-odd goals behind her sister at the top of the all-time chart, so she'll be closing in on Ash Columbia at some stage, I'm sure. Um, goals were shared around. It was nice to see Sienna Burney get a couple. She hasn't scored for a week or so in a couple of weeks, and Bella Barach back amongst the goals too. And Jenny Bissett was superb, um, pulled the strings in that number 10 role, created four Four goals, I think it was, four assists she may have, may have had. But they're just a classy outfit. And, you know, how do you, how do, you do it? If you if you put two players on, Bernie, Barrett is free. If you put a couple on there, Palumbi's free. If you put a couple on there, Bissett's free. And, of course, in amongst all that was Grace Gill, using the decoy runs to great effect. 
just pulling pulling out into using a, a wily knowledge to just pull into spaces and create massive holes, which Bissett was able to exploit. It was a good second half from Canberra Croatia. Perhaps they made more mistakes though in the first 45 minutes than I've seen from them from a long time, whether that was the freezing cold weather and the intermittent showery rain. I'm not sure, but Rhiannon Fenson probably made three or four errors in that first half. And I doubt she's made three or four errors in the entirety of the season before that. She's usually incredibly reliable. Um, but fortunately for her, it didn't really matter. And in the end, Canberra Croatia go marching on. They certainly do. And another team that also went marching on this weekend is Canberra Olympic 4-1 victory over Gangali United. Uh, Percival own goal, Olivia Fogarty, Ashley Sykes with a brace in terms of Gangal and Wright was their goal scorer. Olympic uh, struck their damage pretty early in the first half. Across from Renee Juna in the box, came off Matty Percival for an own goal. Uh, pressure mounted again on the Gangalan defence uh, as a defensive lapse uh, and not controlling the ball allowed Olivia Fogarty to pounce on that loose ball and bury it. Alexandra Cook stepped up from the spot kick, but it was saved by Kaylee uh, Tanini. Ash Sykes, though, was able to get on the end of that rebound and score her first of the match. And then she scored her brace 10 minutes later to cap off Olympics goals. Uh, Gangalan were able to strike, though, 63rd minute through right. Uh, Nat DeMarco laid a ball off to her and she struck a very, very good shot as well from outside the box uh, over Janet King into one of the corners. This was Andrew Woodman's first loss in charge of Gangali United. It was also his first match against his old side, Canberra Olympic. Uh, Gangalan still have a little bit of a hill to climb uh, in terms of making that top four. They're nine points adrift of the Wanderers. Uh, look, it's always going to be tough against the likes of Olympic and Canberra Croatia, who they'll have next week. Uh, however, it's safe to say that the matches before this, uh, that Andrew Woodman has been in charge. You've seen the momentum sort of shift for Gangalan, Russ. Yeah, it has. They've been playing pretty well up until this point, but the game was done by about half an hour, wasn't it? Olympic will 4-0 up and cruising, um, which is a great performance and result for them in what is a tricky place to play. On that second field at Gungarlan Enclosed, there's really no shelter from the wind and it howls around that ground. It's freezing cold oh, yeah. and it's not a very pleasant place Especially to be. Especially around the middle. Yeah, not a very pleasant place to be for anybody on a, on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Um, but Olympic did the damage early and they got the job done for them. Had a, had a feel a bit sorry for Kelly Tanini because that was a wonderful penalty save from Ali Cook, but um, her defence let her down a bit by standing and admiring it while Ashley Sykes decided to do what she has been doing for years and that was react quickest and, and bury it. Um, I mean, that's not the key point in the game. The, the game was pretty much, as I said, done by half-time. Good for Gungarlin, though to dig in in the second half. They didn't concede any more goals. And it was nice for Kayla Wright to get a first um, senior WNPL goal as well. But um, Olympic would have expected to win there. They would have expected to challenge. And I think they got both of those things. Um, Gungahlin United still got some time to, to push themselves up the table. And they have improved under Andrew Woodman. And I expect that to continue. And the, and, uh, the other match was... Canberra United Academy against Tarragon United, and as we've mentioned, that has been postponed to a later date. Uh, the MPL round 14, MPLW round 14 fixtures are Belconnen United versus West Canberra Wanderers Saturday, July 23rd, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. Tarragon United versus Wagga City Wanderers Sunday, July 24th, 2.30 p.m. at Canberra 201. Canberra Croatia against Gingalan United Sunday, July 24th, 2.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. And... Last up, Canberra Olympic versus Canberra United Academy, 
Sunday, July 24th, 2.30 p.m. at Gungalan, sorry, at O'Connor Enclosed. All right, next up is the CPL. Queanbeyan City, 5-0 victors over Western Malongolo. Menza, Ramos, Ureje, Trejkovsky, and Piccolo with the goals. Blitzing star from the visitors as they struck four times in the first half. Uh, Menza Ramos and Fureji have got themselves amongst the score sheet again. They've all been on the score sheet quite a few times this season. Uh, with the and then we also have two new signings, uh, Trajkovsky and Piccolo scoring their first goals for the club since they joined a couple of weeks ago. With the latter, Piccolo scoring right on the death and the only goal of the second half. Most important part, though, of this victory is that they gain three points on Tuggerung United. Uh, it puts them straight back into the race, uh, making the final encounter between the two um, just as epic if the if uh, the scores stay sort of similar. But United do have that. Sorry, Tuggerung United do still have that five points uh, difference. But after that loss, I'm sure Queenbeam uh, will still have hope that they can push for promotion, as there are still quite a few games left this season. Uh, Western Malongolo struggles still continue as they still elude their first points of the season. Even though the match was sort of over by 30 minutes in, um, they only conceded one right near the end. So an improved second half there. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, Quimian City got the result that we expected them to get against a team at the bottom of the table. Um, as pretty much like in the WNPL, they had the Canberra Olympic, they had it done by halftime. They were 4-0 up. They'd probably be a little bit disappointed they didn't kick on and reduce that goal difference at the top of the table with Tagalong. Uh, but the important thing was to get the points um, and they got the points. Uh, nice for the new signings, uh, Nikola Trykovsky and uh, Michael Piccolo to get some goal, to get on the score sheet after their moves from O'Connor and Canberra Croatia in the uh, transfer window. Quibian City will keep battling to the very end. We know this. Uh, they've given themselves a bit of hope now that the gap's five points, but They've got a really tough run of fixtures coming up and they need to take some, continue this form and, and, and get some wins on the board if they're to uh, close that gap to tug along um, still further. Next up, Brindabella Blues with a big victory, 1-0 over Ugali. Uh, like we said, big victory for the Brindies as they overcome their visitors from the Riverina. The goal came early on through Jordan Host, who got on the end of a great through ball uh, over the top from half. Uh, way and then it was passed in again to host um, and this win, win also means that the Brindies go back into third place, five points off Queanbeyan in second place and they now lead White Eagles who they overtook by one point. Uh, Ugali though from all accounts uh, pushed Brindies and uh, had a pretty good match uh, overall though this loss means they are now six points off the top four, still in that race though for the top four just showing how um, just how close it is between um, every side from seventh, uh, seventh, seventh to third, really, uh, for this uh, top four race. Uh, however, it's safe to say the next few games, considering that they are now six points behind, are crucial for Ugali. Thoughts on this one, Russ? Brindabella Blues are arguably the story of the season, aren't they? They've uh, rejigged that side with a lot of young talent coming through, and Ray Jun is doing a super job for them. They've got he's got them sat there in third place. Um, in, in where they want to be right now, but you know they can't rest on their laurels because, as you said, that that gap um, six uh, seven points between third and seventh, which is incredible at this stage of the season. And the next few weeks, when everybody's playing each other in and around that spot, is going to see where we come out of it, out of that shakeup. 
Um, brilliant for them to get the result. Uh, Ugali always a tough nut to crack. Um, they're a t- hard working side. They've got some good quality in there. I think they play Queen City this weekend, and that's a really tough test for Queen City off the back of that win last week. So they'll they'll know that Ugali will be coming to Canberra, I think it is, and um, giving them a, a, a right uh, royal. Uh, tough, tough match to play against. Um, for the Blues, though, they just need to keep getting the results that they're getting. They've only lost four out of 13 this year. Um, got a few draws under their belt, too. And if they can keep their their players fit and healthy, Jordan Host, you mentioned, uh, scored the goal and he's been in wonderful form this year. If they can keep them all fit and healthy, uh, they'll, they'll give it a good shake up in the final series. And, um, you know, it's a really good league to look at when you look at the league table and you love it really tight competition and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute with Tuggerong United but yeah we want a race we want a race for the top four we want a race for the title and if the results keep going this way we certainly will get one yeah it looks like uh, we very well could get a race obviously it all depends on the next couple of weeks of results which will be crucial for each side uh, Tuggerong though like we mentioned do have that five point gap uh, they have that five point gap it was originally eight before this loss to Wagga City Wanderers they lost four three uh, to the visitors, Richards and Walker with a brace for Tuggies and then Kudzola with a hat uh, with a hat trick, two of them being penalties and Ocheng scored the final goal for them. Uh, Wagga picked up, like we said, a big, big victory on the road for them, this time against the league leaders. Kudzola's hat trick means he has now reached seven goals for this season. He's proved to be a very good signing for David Leonard's side. Three of their goals came from penalties. Two were straight from the penalty and one was a rebound off a, off a penalty save. The final goal for Ocheng was a really nice piece of play around the Tuggies defense and an eventual ricochet off a defender went to the path of Ocheng who buried it with an absolute bullet from outside the box. We've seen quite a few goals from outside the box this week. Overall though, very big win for them as it puts them only one point now behind the top four. Uh, I believe they're in sixth place due to goal difference. So them and ANU are both one point off White Eagles. Uh, this loss for Tuggies means that, like we've mentioned a few times now, Queen being gained three points on them. Uh, they still have that cushion of five points. The first goal from Tuggies was a terrific uh, counter-attack with a ball over the top and across to Richards. Neat couple, uh, a neat uh, couple of moves there on the counter from Tuggies. Second goal to level it for Tuggies. Um was a long throw to directly to Walker, who was able to put a neat header into the bottom corner. Final goal from the home side sort of epitomizes their team play. It was another neat counter, one touch passing, and then dribbling around the defense and a brilliant top corner finish from Walker. Sam Walker's goals and means uh, he has now scored 14 for the season and one off the league's top goal scorer, which is Kunyet Kagla. Of White Eagles. Yeah, the performance was fine from Tuggerong, to be honest. They had enough chances to to have braid this one well before the uh, decisions went against them. Um, Mark Richards will be scratching his head, wondering how he's not got a hat-trick. He's missed a couple of chances from in, inside the six-yard box as well. And you know, they've hit the woodwork as well. They've created enough opportunities to win two matches. Um, but sometimes it doesn't go for you. And for Walker City Wonders, this is probably their best result of the season and they've worked really hard for it. Yes, they got a bit fortunate with a couple of the penalty decisions, could have gone either way, but you've got to take them when they're given. And Morris Cazola took two, scored them nicely. Um, would have been a bit <coughs> um, high mouth time for him when he saw his third effort save, but he managed to tuck away the rebound and, you know, he's got himself a hat-trick. There's not been many hat-tricks in the, in the leagues this season and it's great for him to see that. And what it does do is it brings Wagga City right back into the mix. 
Um, it's a great result for Dave Lennon. Couldn't be happier for him and his boys. It's a tough place to to travel to Canberra every second week and um, to get a big result like that against the league leaders. They'll be they'll be absolutely flying now. For them though, it's all about getting wins. They can't afford to get draws because their goal difference is markedly. Um, worse than those above them. Like you mentioned, they're, they're level on points with their new, but they are 16 goals worse off than the, uh, the university side and, and a whopping 28 worse off than um, Wide Eagles, who are sat there in fourth. <coughs> For Tuggerong, well, it, it's a setback. Um, there won't be panic stations for them. They've got White Eagles this weekend, so they'll need to get back into winning winning ways. But the way this league is looking at, you, you've got that five-point gap. That's the cushion you want. Five points and a goal difference, 25 better off than the team better second than you. That's worth another point in itself. So they're looking at this going, well, they're all playing each other in the next few weeks as well. Queen Bin's run of fixtures is tough. Um, so there won't be any panic stations for Mitch Stevens and his team just yet. And he did say to his group afterwards, I don't want to hear any whinging about the refereeing. We should have won this game, had chances to do so. Credit to Wagga City Wanderers, who've come away with the points. Big three points. Certainly is a big three points for them. And I think what we've realised over the last couple of weeks that anyone can beat anyone on their day in this in this league. Uh, next up is ANUFC, big three, one victory over White Eagles model. Deans with a brace for ANU and Asikia with a goal for Canberra White Eagles. Like we said, big win for ANU over White Eagles and now two wins from two against their rivals this season. Only, ANU only ended up taking a one goal lead into halftime as Ohio Asikia struck just before half time to give Eagles hope uh, going down 2-1 into that second half. Dean's the second goal though. Um, Dean's the second goal though in the second half was ended up being the win up for ANU. This is also Chase Dean's 10th strike of the campaign. This victory also means they are now only one point off their opponents and the top four. And like you mentioned, Russ, with considerably more goal difference than Wagga City Wanderers, who they are currently um, tied with on points. Uh, the loss for White Eagles, though, uh, means they do drop to fourth place, one point behind the Brindies, uh, who are in third, and then one point above ANU and Wagga, of course, who are in fifth and sixth, like we've mentioned. Uh, not the result White Eagles would be looking for, especially dropping to fourth, but big, big win for ANU, who have, who have had some big results this season, but... They've uh, been a little in inconsistent, it's fair to say. So it was uh, good for them to get a really strong performance here against White Eagles, one of their rivals. Inconsistent is a word to sum them up, isn't it? Six wins, six losses and a draw for ANU. But you look who they've beaten. They've drawn with Tuggerong United. They've beaten Queen Bean City. They've beaten White Eagles twice now. Um, it's just getting the results against the teams in and around them, unfortunately, which is letting them down. But you wouldn't bet against them getting into the four and making a big crack of it because they're a finals football team and that's what they do. Um, for White Eagles, this is disappointing because it was a chance for them to to put a, put a bit of a gap between them and ANU. And again, they've had a pretty, bit of an inconsistent campaign as well um, with six wins and five losses. So at the end of the day, it's a fair result for ANU. They they were the better side on the day. And and, and as, as is obvious by the scoreline, they've scored the goals to win the match. Um, both teams, though, still well in contention for the top four. Um, and I wouldn't bet against either of them being in there at the end of the season. But, you know, it's such a typical league to call. And uh, and it really is one of those competitions where form doesn't really matter week to week. It's just about how they turn up on the day. Yeah, that's a very good way to sum it up. It's uh, going to be interesting to see how this top four finishes, because like we said, anyone really from seventh up has a chance to finish in this top four. 
the matches on the road to there, though, this weekend are round 14 fixtures. Wagga City Wanderers against Brindabella Blues, Saturday, July 23rd, 2.15 p.m. at Gissing Oval. Queanbeyan City versus Ugali, Saturday, July 23rd, 3 p.m. at High Street. Canberra White Eagles versus Tuggerong United, Saturday, 20, uh, June 23rd at 3 p.m. Um, Woden Park enclosed and Western Molongolo versus ANU, Saturday, July 23rd, 3.15 p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. All right, Russ, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, any last words that you want to talk about uh, the successes of the Kanga Cup? It's the first time we've had you on since. Yeah, a good tournament. We had another great week. The weather was fantastic. Uh, 244 teams turned up from around Australia and thoroughly enjoyed themselves and everybody behaved themselves in the main. And like I said, there was no rain, which is fantastic. The sun came out for finals day. First time. And we crowned 29 champions across the week. It was uh, across the finals day. It was, it was a wonderful tournament and it goes from strength to strength. And having not had it for two years, I think everybody realised just what they were missing. Um, shout out to the uh, the, the team excuse me, in the office, the the logistics behind it, absolutely brilliant. Um, the way they run the tournament, you would think that there's a team of, a cast of hundreds doing this, but it is a core group of about six or seven of us that are in there that are working ridiculously long hours to get these things across the ground. And and then our, our wonderful volunteers and, and interns and people that come along and give up their time and effort um, to, to help us the weekend. And Rhonda from uh, Canberra Olympics Canteen, who, kept us all fed with curries and soup in the office as well. So thanks to her as well. But look, for everyone that was part of it, fantastic. If you weren't part of it, get yourself um, involved next year because we'll do it all again. Uh, it certainly will. And like I said, it was good to see, good to see no rain. I'm pretty sure that is yeah, the first. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, that is episode 60 of the Canberra Football Show. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs>